Can the Denver Broncos please, please just make it stop here in week four of the 2023 NFL season? We're breaking down key matchups, biggest storylines, and more on a special crossover Thursday episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this crossover Thursday, Locked on Broncos, Locked on Bears. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears, alongside Sarah Benninger from Locked on Broncos, getting you ready for what will clearly be the premier week one matchup that everyone is dying to see, the 0-3 Bears and the 0-3 Broncos, the two teams that combined to give up over 110 points last week against their respective opponents. It's a it's a powerhouse matchup today, Sire, and I think that, I said, and that kind of sets up the it kind of sets up the conversation of like biggest storyline for both of these teams is kind of about the losing, but beyond like, I think everybody watching this knows how badly the Broncos lost last week and how badly the bears lost this week and how much Taylor Swift was at the bears game. But like, besides like the obvious, what are you seeing as kind of the big storyline for Denver coming into this one? Yeah, that's a great question because I think a lot of people were hoping for change, did not get it early on in the week as, you know, many in Broncos country clamoring for the team to fire Vance Joseph again. It's like the sequel to a a, a nightmare this team has already had. But really, the question is for, I guess, the Denver Broncos, is there any way things could possibly get worse? And I think that's where going to Chicago and maybe the defense looking bad again and obviously potentially losing this game that could you know get this team to another level of rock bottom that they have yet to achieve even after giving up 70 points i, I i'm grateful you said a combined 110 points you helped to help the broncos you know fans out there a little bit just by not saying that that number because it's now going to live in infamy forever in broncos country but man that's the biggest storyline in my opinion is like is this team going to find another level of rock bottom to get to or are they going to find a way to get some positive vibes going in Broncos country? Because at this point, it seems like all hope is kind of lost. Yeah. Where are Broncos fans right now on the pack it in and tank for the number one overall pick versus still try and salvage things here with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton? Because there's definitely a big rift in Chicago. And I think it's it's leaning more towards let's go for that number one overall pick. But the Bears have two first round picks to work with there and they're not locked into a long Russell Wilson contract and a long Sean or an expensive Sean Payton contract at the very least. How is the fan base navigating that? Right. I, I think the fan base, you know, you've seen a couple of photoshopped images of Caleb Williams in a Broncos uniform. You've seen some people jokingly buy Williams number 13 custom jerseys and things like that. But you know, it, it doesn't seem to be the prevailing thought amongst Broncos country that this team is realistically going to be in place to get that number one pick. Like you said, I mean, the Bears have two first round picks and two of the, those both of those first round picks belonging currently to Owen three teams, right? The Carolina Panthers pick going to Chicago. So I think for Broncos fans, it's just more like, uh, oh, my gosh, we can't catch a break. We can't even be the worst team in the league. You got the, the Bears and the Panthers. They have their pick and. So, I mean, it's it's a struggle for Broncos fans to find any sort of like silver lining right now, because for so long, you believe this team is a head coach away or a quarterback away. And now you've got the head coach and you've got Russell Wilson playing pretty well. And now all of a sudden you've got the worst defense in the NFL. So it's just it feels like nothing is there's no give anywhere for Broncos country. And yes, they would love to get Caleb Williams. They would love to get. 
Drake May or Marvin Harrison Jr., things like that. And, you know, the the fear that I would say Broncos country is facing right now is that they'll be so bad and not be able to get one of those guys. Yeah, I, I think we're feeling a similar thing in Chicago right now where it's like you either want to be really bad and get that guy or like be good enough to have hope for this regime to still work out. Like, I think it's, it's, it's coming from a very similar place. Either, either have this miraculous turnaround and really figure everything out and remind us like, Hey, okay, this coaching staff should stay in place and this quarterback should stay in place or, you know, be as, I don't say as bad as possible. Cause you'd like to have something to root for, but like, or kind of go all in and say, screw it. We're we know we're going to maybe clean house or at least change quite a bit. And, and go all in on trying to get that quarterback. And like the worst case scenario is what winning four or five games and ending up with, you know, the sixth or seventh pick and either have to mortgage your future to get to the top of the draft or miss out on the quarterbacks entirely. Like it's this weird spot where it's like both teams can use this game to get right a little bit and find some of that confidence. But then also as, the, as like the fan base is kind of like, well, do we do we want to win this game? Like it's it, it's and it sucks that it's three weeks into the season and we're already having that conversation. It's one thing when it's week fourteen and you're eliminated from the playoffs and you say, "All right, like let's just lose these games and get a better draft pick." But when it's like the season, it feels like the season hasn't really started yet. Like we're, I mean, it has, but it hasn't really started yet, and yet we're still sitting here like, "Well, how many games could we lose? And, and should we try and lose to the Denver Broncos, even though they just gave up? I'm not going to say the number again. A lot of points to the, the previous opponent, like." just doesn't feel it's it's a weird spot and yet it's it's a a familiar spot for bears fans maybe a little bit less familiar for broncos fans lately right yeah i would say that's accurate and obviously like from from our vantage point looking at chicago you see a guy in justin fields who man uh, broncos country was defending that guy to the death for his first two nfl seasons for sure now entering year three it kind of feels like things are at a major crossroads that's obviously been a major story from at least from our seats looking at the Chicago Bears planning for this early game. I mean, what's where are things at? I'm sure you've been discussing it on Locked on Bears things, but where are things at with Justin Fields and this coaching staff and kind of his is the does it feel like the writing is on the wall that he ultimately going to be somewhere else beyond the season? It because they have the two draft picks and because they're both going to be high, like. I, I I guess yeah like early I I it feels like yes like there's still time to salvage it but it's sort of like you know fool me once shame on me fool me however many times you want to call it now shame on you where th- there's still like faith that Justin Fields can salvage his career and maybe still be a decent quarterback it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen here you know not not right now and not with this coaching staff but then if they bring in a new coaching staff after the season they're going to want to get their quarterback too. And even, even if maybe you still have some faith in Justin Fields, it's just like, it just doesn't seem like the circumstances are going to play out that way. And who knows? I mean, there's still a chance they can figure some things out. I think coaching wise this season so far, they haven't really like gotten back to the style of offense last season. That was working a little bit more with more quarterback running game involved, more rollouts, more, you know, deep shots and play action off of that. Like they started to get, a little bit closer to that against the chiefs, but obviously got steamrolled and played one of the better defenses in the NFL. So they couldn't do anything anyway. And so it feels like, you know, you can see this game against the Broncos being like, okay, this is the bad defense where the bears offense all of a sudden unlocks everything. And Justin Fields, you know, starts to look more like Justin Fields again, 
But is that just a mirage because you're playing a team that's struggling right now? And then when you start to play any, you know, playoff caliber opponent, you're just going to get smoked again and be right back where you were. Like it, it feels like we're we're coming up on this opportunity to because things are going to start to look better again. And then it's really kind of a, a mirage and, and not really, you know, sustainable success at this point. And then it's like, yeah, biding your time before, you know, Fields goes on. And now now the feeling is like, man, which team is he going to go to next and thrive? You know, he's going to leave here and go to the Atlanta Falcons and play with B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts and just, you know, eat the NFL live and make the Bears look like idiots who couldn't figure it out for three seasons with him. Right. It, it kind of feels like the Broncos and Bears going into week four are kind of in a situation where it's like going into a preseason game for the fan base. It's like if they play well, uh, people are going to be like, well, it was against the worst, you know, defense in the league. Or if they don't play well, it's going to be like, I can't believe they didn't show up against, you know, these this terrible team. And they, they can't even beat that defense. That, that's kind of feels like the tug of war that the fan bases for these two teams are at here heading into week four. Yeah, it's funny, like so much of this conversation like ends up being not really about the game that's on Sunday, but more about like the bigger picture of like what it means for the state of these two franchises. But let's get into a little bit more specifically what we're going to see on Sunday and get into some of the biggest matchups in this game, the most important players. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with our game predictions coming up next on this crossover Thursday, Locked on Broncos, Locked on Bears. Today's crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Harry's Harry's is all about helping make your facial hair look its absolute best. And Harry's razors are great. I mean, Sarah, no offense, but I think I'm winning the, the beard battle today on the, on the crossover podcast. It's, it's a good look on you, but in terms of the, uh, the length, uh, we've got a little bit more going on right here. And certainly our guys at Harry's are here to help make your facial, whether you grow it a little longer, like I do, or you keep it nice and tight, like Sayer, they've got, a starter set that has, you know, a five blade German engineered razor with a weighted handle, foaming shave gel and a travel cover that keeps you ready to go for everything you need. The starter set is a $13 value, but you can get it for just $3 with our friends at harrys.com slash NFL. Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, and they're still offering a no risk trial. Try out Harry's. You don't like your razor. You don't like your shave. No worries. It's on them. Get your best shave ever with Harry's razors and skincare products. Get a $13 starter set for just $3 at harrys.com slash NFL. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S, harrys.com slash NFL for a $3 starter set. I don't know if anybody's too fired up about the starters set to play on Sunday between the Bears and the Broncos, but there's going to be some big matchups in this game that'll go a long way between determining who's going to be closer to that number one overall pick and who might start to turn their season around. Sayer, when you look at some of the big matchups of this game, what's, what's the area that stands out to you first? Well, I think first and foremost, you want to see the Denver Broncos defensive front and how they're going to play Justin Fields as a mobile quarterback. It feels like something the Broncos have really struggled with through the years, I guess they've changed defensive coordinators. Now, each of the last three seasons previously, Vic Fangio was calling the defense followed by a zero Evero. Now Vance Joseph, who is calling an iteration of the Fangio defense, but it feels like each one of these guys to a degree has struggled with mobility at the quarterback position. And specifically speaking, when the initial pass rush doesn't get home, that secondary pass rush has a tough time finding these guys in space and you know getting off the field in critical third down situations to get the ball back to the offense. So that's something that I'm going to be closely monitoring. I know there's been obviously some controversy early this season with whether or not Justin Fields is, like you mentioned before, kind of playing in the offense that really suits best his skill set. 
And if the Bears do kind of unlock that against the Denver Broncos, I'm watching that defensive front with so many different guys right now that have been underachieving, haven't been playing, living up to their draft status or offseason hype, namely guys like big ticket free agents, Randy Gregory, Zach Allen, DJ Jones, and then a second round pick like Nick Benito, who may be the bright spot on that Denver defensive front, although I hesitate to even say that this defensive front has to figure out a way to get things going. They have to be more consistent in the pass rush department. And especially with that secondary pass rush, when the initial guys don't get home, can you keep Justin Fields, who's very mobile, very fast, very effective in that way? Can you keep him in the pocket or at least limit those opportunities for him? So that's a big matchup when the, when the Broncos are playing defense, uh, hopefully they play some defense on Sunday or, and I, I would love to see that. Hopefully the case is that they're able to limit his effectiveness when the rush gets home initially. I think you could take everything that you just said about the Broncos defense against the bears, like take that audio edit it to just replace the word Justin Fields with Russell Wilson and replace like your free agent additions instead of being Randy Gregory and Zach Allen, you know, make it Yannick Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker and then paste it in there. And it would be the same analysis for the bears, right? It's the same thing. It's, yeah, you, you spent these two teams both spent a bunch of money in free agency, especially on the defensive side of the ball and also investing draft picks there. And they're not panning out and you're not getting the pass rush that you need against the opponents. And especially, I mean, I, I don't think Russell Wilson at this stage is quite as dynamic of a mobile quarterback as Justin Fields, even as a, as a runner per se, but still like elusive, still a guy who could take off. And by no means is he like, you know, totally slow and, and washed up in that direction, but like still a guy that you have to keep in front of you. And the Bears, I mean, they let Baker Mayfield run over them a few different times in the Buccaneers game. This is not like it has to be an elite athlete at the quarterback position. They missed they missed like three or four sacks on him where guys got home and just couldn't actually wrap him up. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes last week against the Chiefs, again, can can manipulate the pocket as well as anybody. Like the pass rush just also has not been able to get home. And when that initial pass rush is not there, like, can somebody be there to, to keep him in the pocket? Like, it really is a lot of the same conversation. I, I will say, you mentioned like how, how the Broncos will defend Fields Specifically, we've seen through the start of this season, every team, you know, they're they are spying fields. They're leaving a dedicated person to be the QB spy, not like on every passing play, but certainly, you know, on every read option. They are the, the, the guy at the end of the line of scrimmage is standing up and waiting. They're daring fields to hand it off every time, making sure that he does not be the one that beats you with his legs in the ground game. And then in the passing game, there are some plenty of QB spies, but teams just doing a lot of zone coverage, keeping eyes on the QB and making sure that when he starts to scramble, that people are coming down and get it because they're not threatened enough by this bears. It's not even purely Justin Fields, ability to like throw when the play breaks down, but it's a combination of fields, ability to hit those throws. And then also like receivers just being open and running in the right place. Cause guys are just not on the same page in this offense. And it's like, we're three, four weeks into the season. Now, when are guys going to be on the same page? Right. And I think that maybe with that, you know, Pat Sertan going up against DJ Moore, likely a lot in this game, maybe some PTSD from PS2 a little bit after last year against Carolina, DJ Moore had his number big time. So maybe that's a matchup the Bears look to exploit. But offensively for the Broncos, I'm looking for kind of the opposite. I'm looking for these receivers who have been kind of making some strides, I guess you could say. I know the Broncos have had to do a lot of coming back. So, of course, the receivers are going to have to make plays. But Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy, even Cortland Sutton, aside from two very horrible fumbles that he had in week three, these guys are all making plays in the passing game. So I'm looking forward to see how the Broncos wide receivers match up against that Bears defensive backfield 
going this week and just see, are the Broncos going to actually start feeding Jerry Judy the ball? He's getting open consistently. Marvin Mims, he's only been out there for maybe 20, 25% of the snaps so far this season. So he, he looks like maybe the Broncos' best playmaker offensively. Are they going to get him more snaps? But those are matchups that I'm looking forward to seeing because the Broncos do have some maybe untapped potential there in the passing game, even though they've been relatively successful in that phase. Yeah, it's like, once again, you, you say they need to get more targets to Jerry Judy, and it's like, replace that with DJ Moore, and it's the same conversation with the Bears. It's like, they need to get more targets to their playmakers and get those guys going. But I will say, like, this Bears secondary is as injured as any secondary in the NFL, and it's a great opportunity for the likes of Judy or, or Mims to get more involvement here. Uh, at one point last week against the Chiefs, the Bears had five backups. The, all three corners and both safeties were all backups because of injuries. The, uh, and then like guys came back in, but it was it was like two starters who were playing injured and then three backups and including your third string nickelback. So like you're you're we'll see how the injury report plays out this week. We're not expecting at this point. Eddie Jackson was didn't practice at all last week and, and was doubtful for that game. I, I would be surprised if he has the miraculous turnaround and be ready to go. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson is dealing with a, a neck injury that he suffered against the Chiefs where he gave a big hit with his helmet on the sideline and then came out of the game came back in the game somehow, and then they took him out again afterward without resuffering the injury just because some somebody on the evaluation there let him back out there, and then that's a whole mess that just adds to the mess of this team. Jalen Johnson left with an injury and then had come back, and of course, they're they're already down a couple of nickel cornerbacks. So this secondary is was already young and inexperienced in a lot of recent draft picks there, but now it's backups to the recent draft picks. There'll be a rookie fifth-round pick at cornerback Terrell Smith, who has some upside, but we're talking about a rookie fifth-round pick. You know, a, a second-year seventh-round pick is starting in place of Eddie Jackson. He's not particularly, you know, consistent. Uh, if if Jalen Johnson can't go, it'd be an undrafted rookie free agent from last year, Jalen Jones. And then the slot, it's Greg Stroman, another former undrafted free agent. Like, these are not these are not uh, starting caliber NFL players on the back end, and they're all happening at the same place. And like, like we talked about with the pass rush, like when you don't have a pass rush and you have no one in the secondary – it's a formula. That's why, like I said, like it, before we started recording, it felt like the Bears gave up 70 points last week because that's how bad this defense is just doing personnel wise and execution wise. Yeah, the the overarching theme is that you just feel like on both sides for both teams right now, you just kind of feel like you can't stop anyone no matter what. And even if you do, what is your offense going to do with it? Are they going to be able to execute? Are they going to be able to take advantage of some of these matchups because like the Bears Broncos very much injured in the secondary right now as well we don't know the status of Justin Simmons who kind of just popped up last week on the injury report we don't know necessarily what's going to come of Damari Mathis here as we've been kind of waiting for him to reclaim his rookie season form and then it obviously all of that when you're struggling so badly in those areas it kind of nullifies what you have with Pat Sertan one of the best corners in the NFL because everybody else is giving up big plays. And so it's caused a lot of confusion and questions amongst Broncos country. Like, is anybody on this roster truly untouchable? I know you mentioned it before, and I think it's so true. This game is really more so indicative of the overarching things that are going to be happening with these two teams going forward, as opposed to just, hey, this is one week to get back on track to really start being competitive I don't even know necessarily, and I don't want to speak for you, but from Broncos country perspective, even a, a win this week, I don't know that it's going to necessarily inspire Broncos country to feel like, hey, we can go get that win against Kansas City, or we could maybe be better than 
the Los Angeles Chargers to get to second place in the AFC West. Like it's going to take continued steps forward for either one of these teams, I think. And it's just hard to know exactly what direction they're going to go right now. Yeah, it, it feels like like not that this is like a I mean a mu- there's not really must wins, but like this is the one where it's like this isn't the win that makes you think everything is going to turn around, but it's the win where it's like if things are going to turn around, you have to win this game. Like if you can't win this game, there is like no hope. You know, you know what I mean? Like this is the and sure maybe it'll be, somebody has to lose, and maybe there can still be hope for that team. But like you would think if you you, you got to win this game if you want to have any chance of turning things around, and if you can't win this game, how, how can you expect to win? some of the other games against better opponents down the stretch. We'll give our predictions on who we think will be the team to win this game and what that ugly score might be like as we continue our Crossover Thursday podcast next here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Our Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by our friends at Price Picks, the better way to do daily fantasy sports because Price Picks puts you in complete control. Unlike other daily fantasy sports platforms where you, know, you put a lineup together and you submit it, and you're going up against a thousand or 10,000 other people's lineups to hope that, you know, your one lineup is going to be the best one out of everybody's price picks puts you versus the house. You just pick two to six players and whether they will go a better or worse than their prize picks projection. And you can win up to 25 times your money on price picks. I, I think it's a little bit funny as I'm looking through the prize picks projections for this week right now they don't have projections for fields or russell wilson i think they're both scared of trying to figure out how these two quarterbacks might do against these defense but you can set the better or worse for dj moore 42 and a half receiving yards jerry judy 55 and a half receiving yards Cortland sutton 53 and a half receiving yards so clearly expecting some yards from these two passing games but of course it's not just football it's all sports and every game in the in the league all with prize picks projections that make it that much more fun to tune in and have some stakes attached to your football on Sunday. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use our promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's an extra $100 to play with at prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL promo code locked on NFL prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Sarah, I don't think this is going to be an easy one. Uh, I don't think either one of us has a ton of confidence in our team. And yet, I think we probably both think our team is going to win. I mean, at this point, you have to think your team is going to beat the other really, really bad team in the league. If you go into this game thinking, oh, my team is not going to beat that team, then you sort of feel like, what's the point, right? So uh, not not to get ahead of ourselves here, but like, how are you feeling? Like, what's what's the vibe here? Let's start. Let's start here. What has to go right for the Denver Broncos to get a win in this one? Maybe just maybe giving up a little bit less than 70 points, right? <laughs> I mean, at least at least keep it in the 60s, guys. Jeez. I mean, I don't know how much the offense is capable of scoring, but no, in all seriousness, I, I think your defense has to do something. I mean, they did nothing against the Miami Dolphins. Nothing, nothing that I looked back on after watching the game another time, which I did, you know, you have to to see like to watch it again was torturous, but man, to see they just did nothing right. They were not tackling well. So I think if the defense can be just, just don't be the worst defense in the NFL for at least a game here and see what happens. You know, the offense has been playing well. So I think that's what has to go right for the Broncos is that their defense just does something, something good. I don't don't know if it's just getting off the field for a couple third downs and creating momentum that the, the bears can't overcome but whatever it is, in order for the Broncos to win, I think their defense just has to be competent. If that's if if that's not too much to ask, <laughs> it shouldn't be too much to ask, and yet it starts to feel that way a little bit. <laughs> yes, I look 
I look at this game for the Bears and feel like this is this is going to be about getting their running game really rolling the way. I mean, that was one of the things that stood out to me about the, the Dolphins game, like from the Broncos, where it's like, yeah, it's not just, you know, Tyreek Hill's the one who's you know, just throwing all over you all game and, and absolutely running away from you and, you know, just dominating the passing game. But like the way that the, the Dolphins were able to run with A-Chain and and the or the former 49ers running back whose name is totally escaping me right now. Or the, yeah. the, the, backs, the backs in Miami were able to run pretty well. And if the Bears could get Justin Fields going in the running game, get Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson, you know, then you don't have to pass as much. You don't have to ask Justin Fields to throw downfield as much, even though like he should be capable of this offense as a whole is, is not consistently at this point. So you can make things easy that way, control the clock. Like to me, this does not feel like a game where you got to get to 70 points, right? I mean, this is not going to be, and maybe the defenses are so bad that it becomes a shootout, but it, it shouldn't have to be a shootout, right? In theory, you know, control this game, keep it low and slow and, and try and make it, I don't know that you want to make it ugly, but it, it could easily be an ugly game between two teams that, that can't necessarily get out of their own way. Where do you see that resulting in a final score? You know, I was just thinking as you were as you were saying that I was thinking, man, the worst case scenario for this game would be a tie if the if these two teams somehow found a way to. Can you imagine how angry the fan bases would be if they found a way to make that happen? But no, I, I think in terms of what I think, or I always like to say this when we do game predictions, you, you say what you hope for, you say what you really believe. I, I really think and and hope that the Broncos can win this game. Maybe in a you know twenty seven to twenty four kind of thing or twenty seven twenty type of game. I mean, it doesn't feel like it. Kind of feels like one of those games that it looks so bad on paper based on what we've seen that ironically it could end up being like a really good, you know, good entertaining game. We see that a lot of times in the NFL where you know teams that have been bad come together and they you know they get into a little shootout or they have a little fun there on the you see them on the red zone channel quite a bit. So I feel like the Broncos can win this game. I don't know if that's going to happen. Like you said, it, it, I'm not making this prediction with much gusto behind it. I don't, I don't feel very confident about it, but certainly, like you said as well, I think it was a great point that you made. Like you have to believe that you can go out and win this game in order to, you know, just keep some level of any sort of level of confidence going for this rest of the season moving forward. Yeah, this is so tough because it's like, the team that can that's scoring 15 points a game going up against the team that just gave up 70, right? And it's like, plus you see, I mean, the, the Broncos scored 33 against the Commanders. Like, it's, you know, this offense has some juice behind it. Like, they can get some things going here. We've seen it this season. They can, certainly the defense is struggling to stop anybody. So it's like, I, I don't necessarily trust the Bears' offense to put up a ton of points against even a bad Broncos defense. And I don't necessarily trust the Bears' defense to hold the Broncos offense down, even though they're not great, but they still have been able to score some points this season. And yet like still you got to feel like this is a game that you can find a way to win, but to, to put a score prediction on it, like, you know what I mean? Like it feels like the bears defense won't be good enough to hold the Broncos down to like some low, ugly point total. But I, but it's like, it doesn't feel like this bears offense has a shootout in it either. And so like, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with, with trying to find a score here. Like when you, when you get up into the thirties, it feels like it's a little bit too high, but like, you know, you're, you're, I think you're in a good range there. Like, I got 27, 20. I'll say, I'll say 24, 20 Chicago bears is where I'll put it. But I, I get much like you. I don't feel confident. I don't feel like, Oh yeah, this team's got it. Cause again, it's like you fool me a few times and I'm not, you know, they lost the benefit of the doubt. Both of these teams have lost the benefit of the doubt. And despite there being uh, plenty of room for that in this game, it's just, we're, I think we're a little bit too beaten and battered to, to still have that, to still have that faith. Uh, 
Sayer, and any any final parting thoughts on is there like an X factor or anything else in this game that you're watching out for that Bears fans should need to know about the Broncos that you might not know if you haven't been watching the team? No, I was uh, we were talking before the show. My my older brothers are Bears fans, so luckily we won't be in the same home for watching this game. You know, in years past, it's gotten a little uh, iffy there with those guys when the Broncos and Bears play every four years. But just excited in all seriousness, excited for another matchup. We all love football season. We all long for it to be here when it's away. And so even when the teams are bad, you know, it gives us an opportunity to go out and if nothing else, evaluation season and everybody, everybody loves to figure out ways for their teams to get better. So it's an opportunity, I guess, for all of us. And, and like you said, I, I think it's another great point. Just these, these two teams don't necessarily deserve the fan base to come out and be like, hey, I think they're going to absolutely get back on track and get a win this week. They deserve a little skepticism. They deserve a little, you know, harsh critiques and criticism after what we've seen. So I'm with you on that. And I think for sure, as we look to X factors for this game, it's got to be it's got to be the quarterbacks, right? You, you want to see Justin Fields take that step for the Bears and you want to continue to see a positive upward trajectory from Russell Wilson. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on that. Yeah, I I, I, like, I want to echo that sentiment. It was something I had to say a lot last season when the Bears were three and fourteen, right? It's like you when you're in the middle of losing. Well, now they're losing thirteen in a row. But when you're in the little middle of a season losing streak of seven, eight, nine, ten games, the reminder that we always tell ourselves that you might need for Broncos fans or we might need for Bears fans again this season is like even when you're losing nine in a row. Remember how you felt in June when there was no football? Like I'd rather watch this team on the TV and have something to root for and to to engage with and follow and even individual players to watch get better than have no football on the TV. So even a bad game between two Oh and three teams is better than no games on our Sunday. So Sarah, uh, <laughs> with that sentiment, we'll wrap it up there, but really appreciate you doing the crossover and uh, best of luck this Sunday, but beyond that best of luck getting through the rest of the season. That's right. And, and to you guys as well. <laughs>